Healthcare Barn Real Podcast. Jeff Johnson here, Nicole Halton over there. I'm pointing at her. You can't see it in the podcast. <laughs> I'm pointing at her on the Zoom. How you doing, Nicole? I am really good. Apart from the lockdown, homeschooling associated stuff, I'm doing great. Yeah, that sounds delightful. <laughs> and we'll probably get into an episode about, about that in a little bit. Hey, before we got, hop into our, our wonderful topic of death. Um, death. Wanted to wanted to throw this out there. The 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 show, the show listenership downloads have uh, have really been up the last month and a half from where they usually are. So thank you if you're a new listener listening to this. We really appreciate it, and uh, love you taking the uh, time to stick us in your ear holes. Um, <laughs> so N- Nicole, you sent me a blog post you wrote a while ago, and we decided we talk about it. Cadbury died. Yes, Cadbury, our bunny. So we had a beautiful little white bunny. He was teeny tiny with floppy ears and bright red eyes. Um, it was named Cadbury after the white Cadbury bunny. Do you guys have Cadbury chocolate? Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. So he was named Cadbury after the white Cadbury bunny. Um, but, yeah, he passed away and it was all very sad and, and it really kind of got me thinking about you know, how we talk to children about death and the experiences that children have with death and how it can kind of be beneficial in some ways. Like we we really tossed around how did we, how would we deal with that? How do we break the news to the children because it happened overnight? And so we knew about it before they were even awake and it's like, oh, gosh, what do we do? What do we say? Um, and so I think it just, yeah, it was a really interesting one for me just to think about the way that we phrase things and, you know, the lessons that we can take from that and what impact that has long-term, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, Cadbury, great name for bunny rabbit. I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful, how long was Cadbury with you? He was only like two and a half. He was only little and he was an indoor bunny. So he lived inside. He, He was like the cushiest situation going and you know like he used to roam around the house and chew on people's clothes and shoes and you know all those sorts of things we had to try and keep the cords out of the way and <laughs> we lost a couple of things but he was yeah just and it was just really sudden and so it was very sad for the children and not the first experience with pet death but the first one I think where they're all old enough to really comprehend we used to have a Labrador who we had when um or well, I was still in high school when I got him and so we had him for about 12 or 13 years I think and so our eldest was only like I don't know maybe four or five when he passed away and so it was a bit different um but yeah this one was their pet and so it was a very new situation so you get up in the morning you and you and hubby realize that the bunny is dead because I assume Cadbury slept between you and in bed with you oh always no not quite (laughs) not quite so yeah well it happened sort of late at night um so we both knew before we even went to bed and then we I well I had to break it to the children in the morning because lucky hubby he goes off to work so he missed that um good for him yeah good thing good thing although to his credit he did ring and say do you want me to come home because he starts working really early in the mornings he said do you want me to come home and help you break the news I'm like it's okay I've just done it (laughs) and then we're all crying how did how did you do it is this something you do do around the breakfast table or what did you do 
Oh, no, they'd all come into my bed because usually as each person wakes up, they end up in my bed before we end up getting up and having breakfast because we're a very early morning cat sold. And so they'd all come in and I waited until all three were in and then went, I've kind of got something to tell you and then just blurted it out and then we all burst into tears. So it wasn't, it wasn't tactful and it wasn't, but I just went, I can't think of a better way to actually say that that's happened. Like there's no nice way to put it. Yeah, you can't you can't like tell them, oh, Cadbury's gone on holiday, um, <laughs> yeah. and then and then like have a couple of postcards show up from him <laughs> from uh, Melbourne or something, and then oh, Cadbury had an accident on his way home. Um, yeah, I there's mean, all those sorts of things, and you hear about that that you know that, that parents do that, and and I understand why. It's like the look on their faces when I broke that news was awful, and if I could do anything to not have them go through that then you would but I don't know I just don't think it's it's honest and it's I don't know it was a good it's a good setup look our kids are very lucky they haven't had a lot of dealings with death in, yeah you know in even in our family like it's always the only people that they know who have died have been elderly you know grandparents great-grandparents kind of thing and so for them it's like not being a concept they've really had to deal with so I think it's a good stepping stone to that not that you want to have to step to that but at some well, point you do but, but i mean you do i mean you do death, death is a huge part of life and yep. learning how to deal with it with cadbury the bunny makes it makes it a little bit easier for them to deal with it when they're dealing with deaths that are a little bit more human and um maybe close to them when they happen because they're they're i mean they're gonna happen yeah and so the whole idea of shielding shielding kids from death and death talk and and that discussion just seems kind of i don't know if it really respects them as as part of the human culture human process yeah, yeah. and i think it, it it also kind of it underestimates their capability of understanding and while we don't need to go into you know we don't need graphic details and you know long-winded explanations i think each child needed something at their own level so for our youngest you know not long after she said can we just get another bunny because for her it was like that's how we solve the problem the problem is we don't have a bunny so then we solve that one and you know i think it'd be easy to go oh my gosh that's awful but actually it's not it's just age appropriate you know for her it's like that's the problem i want to fix the problem sure that's how we'll fix it and it's like okay um maybe not but we had a bunny funeral and we kind of did all of that you know stuff and they got to you know, my husband had kind of put him in a safe place until we could have the bunny funeral. And so they were to give him a pat. And I think some people would probably be horrified by that, the thought of like letting them pat a dead rabbit. But I think it was important that they got to if they wanted to. They didn't have to, but they got that choice. And they all did. And they all said goodbye and, you know, did that whole thing. And I think it was really important that they did that. So it was, it was an open casket ceremony. <laughs> it was. It was. That's so awful to love about. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, 
I, I and and I think you know you got to use the real language with them too. I mean, when the yeah. when the dog dies and you tell the kids that they went to live on a farm, well, that's not. Yeah, they kind of didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's not not the way it really happened. And then what ha- what happens when grandma dies? Did grandma go to live on the farm? Like, where is this farm? You know, you've yeah. got children wondering where do I go to the farm then? You know, yeah, I want to go to the farm too. <laughs> and, then, and then they find out that that farm means dead. And yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! And then, <laughs> and then you go guess. What kids we're off on a holiday to the yeah, farm and they're yeah, thinking, exactly. oh crap. <laughs> It'd be terrifying. Um and, and I mean the language is so important. I, I've talked about this before. Um Lisa and I did an episode about deaf. Uh, but there's probably been one or two of them over the over the 700 and whatever it is now. Um, and so my go-to death story is is I mean my personal experience with my grandfather dying. He was, you know, I was five years old, and he'd had his second heart attack and was in the hospital. And and for like a week, um, you know, my dad had come home from work and we would have dinner, and then my mom and dad would go to the hospital to to, to visit him, and I'd be left with a, with a babysitter. And then finally, one night they come home. And what I'm told is that that grandpa isn't hurting anymore. Hmm. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, well, great. That means Sunday we'll oh. be going over to grandpa and grandma's for, for dinner and, and we'll be goofing around in the yard and, and things will be back to back to normal. And then a couple of days later, I'm at a funeral and I'm, yeah. and I mean, it's like, what is this? Yeah. I didn't have the language for it, but I'm like, what the fuck? Because, <laughs> um, that that's not i mean not hurting anymore means you're doesn't better mean that. it yeah. doesn't mean it's you're, so ambiguous you're, yeah yeah and so i would have i i mean i'm still pissed off at about that because they could have mm. they could have used real language with me and and told yeah. me what was going on instead of uh walking into into this this scene where there he is and in that like, box i have up no there. idea yeah um, and i think i can kind of relate to that like my great grandmother passed away when i was about I might have been a similar sort of age and, you know, I was quite young and I had been quite close to her. Um, She'd been in a nursing home for quite a bit of time and um, she'd had Alzheimer's and so I used to go and I always had a doll with me and she took a real liking to this doll and so I ended up leaving it for her and so she kept that doll and it was like her baby at the nursing home because she was just not there anymore. Um, But I know I can still remember being told that she had died and then being given the choice about going to the funeral or not. And I know my brother chose not to. He didn't want to go. He was a bit older than me, but he chose not to go. And I said, yes, I do want to go because I had that close bond. And I think sometimes we take those choices away from children when we don't speak clearly about what's happening and we don't communicate, you know, those sorts of things to children. I think they need to be given a bit of credit for that in those sorts of situations, you know. Like I like that I was given that choice to go and to say goodbye and to do all of those things. And I felt like that was something, you know, to bring it back to our bunny, that was something we needed to do for our children was give them the choice to say goodbye if they wanted to do that. And then they all did their own little ceremonial things. They've painted rocks and they put flowers on his grave and, you know, all those sorts of things. But it was all about them having the choice to do that in the way that they felt comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all with your youngest about, uh, about the replacement. I've, I've told Tasha, you know, when I kick the can, she should be out at the singles club the next night looking for a, looking for a replacement for me because, uh, oh, there'd be no replacement. <laughs> you couldn't possibly. Sadly, it would probably be, it would probably be really, really easy. Um, yeah. And, and, and the other thing about death is that it's, 
it's interesting. It's novel and kids are drawn towards novel. Fascinated. And I'm, so, I mean, you say it all the time with your dead things in jars and whatever. We spotted a dead bird on the ground the other day and it's like, sure. that's interesting. What happened to it? Let's have a closer look. Oh my gosh, it has maggots. Like <laughs> it's disgusting, but it was interesting. It's like, what's this about? Why does it do that? You know, why does that happen when something dies? Why does it go hard? Like, why is it cold now? You know, like, children are fascinated with those sorts of morbid things and I think as adults we probably are a bit too I mean why are crime shows so popular yeah well I mean people are fascinated with that I I out on a walk about a week and a half two weeks ago there was a a dead fawn uh laying along along the road and then the next day it was all bloated and puffed up and then two days later it was like it was deflated and writhing with maggots and then the day after that it was gone because the uh whatever road crew is responsible for picking up dead stuff along come along and done that the busy road had had done that i mean one of my fondest uh memories of uh of of the trips to australia is driving (laughs) through uh uh, Northern Australia and all the uh, all the kangaroo carcasses along so the road many. that the road trains had hit. Yep. Um, it was it was delightful in that kind of ooh that's gross kind of way that we we actually when we went on our big trip we were taking count and this one section of road in particular there was just that many but I think we got to about 75 and it's like okay we need to stop counting how many dead kangaroos are on the side of these roads and it's just because they're so stupid they just go straight (laughs) straight in front like I don't know why that but yeah the kids were fascinated with that you know like all these dead animals on the side of the road and then if there was something that wasn't a kangaroo it's like what was that you know they wanted to go back and see what it was yeah but I mean we'd be out on walks and kids would find there'd be a dead bird or something like can I poke it with a stick and Mm. um of course and I mean look we talk about things like stem well that's a that's that's an opportunity for a stem experience is poking something dead with a stick um it it it's gross and it's icky if you look at it that way but it's also a way to to explore and understand physiology and and um where meat comes from i guess well see that's a fun that's an interesting one actually when and i think i put it in our blog post about um about death was that we had chickens when i was at a service we had chickens and um we arrived one day and all the chickens had been slaughtered by a fox it was horrible it was so graphic and gruesome and gross um but prior to that the chickens free-ranged and um, prior to that we'd been talking about how we had a rooster and because we're in a suburban area we weren't actually allowed to have a rooster because it's pretty noisy so we sort of sat, sat down with the children and said look we've found out that one of our chickens is actually a rooster it started to crow and you know we explained all of that to them and said now we need to decide what are we going to do with the rooster? And so the children started talking about, maybe I can take it home. No, that won't work because you live in a suburban area too. Maybe we can send it to someone's farm. Maybe we could, you know, we started talking about all these other options. And one little girl whose family actually were from the country, um, she said, we could just eat it. And the other children were just horrified, mortified. They're like, you can't do that. You can't eat a chicken. And she turned and looked at them and said, where do you think chicken nuggets come from? (laughs) And 
Tash and I were making eyes at each other across the circle, like we, because we sort of had the children all in a circle as we're talking. Tash and I are making eyes at each other, like, do we allow this conversation to continue? What do we do here? And so we did. We just let it go. And then um, that afternoon, we actually met the parents at the door and just said, look, if you've got some rebellion vegetarians on your hands tonight, this is why, <laughs> because we've had this conversation. But it was an important conversation to have, you know, like children need to comprehend that and they'll do that in their own way. It doesn't necessarily mean we need to always make that connection, but I think when they make it for themselves or when one child helps others to kind of make those connections, then we can't stop that just because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Up in up in the Canada, um, a forest school that we visited a, a number of times. They uh, farmer next door. I mean, every every fall he would go out and he would go deer hunting and he would get his deer and he would invite the kids who wanted to to come over when he was butchering. And oh, wow. there were always kids. These are three, four, five year olds. And, and up, they had some school agers, I think, too. And, you know, they'd go over the barn and in the, the barn doorway, the deer would be hanging there, strung up by his, his hind legs, just hanging there, bleeding, bleeding them. To, and then and then going through the whole process of, of skinning him and 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 all of that. You're making an icky face while I'm telling the story. I am, because it um, is. It's so, it's so gross to think about. And, you know, I, I struggle with that concept. Yeah. And we've got a friend who owns a sheep farm and same deal, you know, they they have to do that every now and then and I'm like oh gosh it makes me but it is interesting and I think you know the more you kind of that's not about becoming desensitized to it I suppose but when you see it for something other than just slaughter yeah. you know, it's more yeah. than the death I it's mean actually lamb, chop, lamb chops are delicious <laughs> well this is true this is very true <laughs> and it is it's hard sometimes to I think when you see it out like that I know my husband um I had to make a delivery to an abattoir once and he doesn't eat a great deal of meat. He doesn't really eat red meat. And so he arrived at this abattoir and as he came around the back in the truck, well, he said before he even got into the driveway, the smell kind of hit him and he had to wind the window up. But as he got closer, he said, you were just faced with the reality of them forklifting out a giant cow. He said, I just went, oh yuck it's so gross but he said it was also interesting you know like you said it's interesting to know how that stuff happens yeah yeah and that's um, it i think children are fascinated by it yeah and so i mean death is is something i mean that's it's part of it's part of life and i'm sure that, we that's do. not very profound i mean we we all know that <laughs> but we we try to shield kids from it sometimes and so we, we were always a big fan of of allowing death play in the program and i know there are there are early learning programs that shut that down quick well, they'd um, be the same ones though that don't have any kind of guns or superhero play or you know often they, often yeah I would but say even, even if it was i mean there's programs that are that are cool with like uh fairy and princess play and that kind of stuff and death becomes part of that sometimes and then they staff are right there to shut that down even yeah, in those wow. those scenarios and it's it's really scare stealing this opportunity to to do some playing and exploring about this this topic that kids are obviously thinking about because if it comes up in their play, it's it's in their head, yeah. and their play is a a safe haven for exploring those things that pop into their heads. Absolutely, and that's so, what they need. That's how they make sense of ideas and concepts. And and if I think we shut it down because it's like it's uncomfortable for us to hear, or I think more often than not 
you know, I know a lot of educators are really worried about what other people will think if they hear children, like, will they think I'm not doing my job if they hear children, you know, playing deaf or, you know, whatever it happens to be. And I think it's just more about perception rather than what's actually happening. Because I think if you stop and listen to what's happening, it's usually not graphic or, you know, it's just making sense. Yeah. Yeah. They're just trying to, they're just trying to figure out what, what makes the world tick. And and as I said before, like we watch, you know, I mean, crime shows and, um, you know, murder, like making a murderer and, you know, all those kinds of things grab people's attention as adults. We're fascinated by them. why, you know, why are we so fascinated by that? I can remember um, when the series Dexter first came out about the serial killer cop and, we watched that and some days I'd like finish watching an episode. My gosh, that's horrifying. But you're fascinated and you want to watch it again. You want to, and it's that same thing, I think. It's you know, that unpacking of that processing of information. And they're they're just wrapping up soon to be released another season of Dexter. No. Yes. Didn't they finish like a really long time ago now though? Yes. So, what, so they've they- just like done this whole new they're doing the, yeah they've done another season oh man yeah so and i can't I'm wait to watch it's gonna be great Excellent. Um, i'm signed up so before we wrap up i saw a dead bunny the other day oh. and and this uh, i mean we're gonna tell death stories um so i'm out with the the dogs and and we're out in this area where they're off leash and they're kind of sniffing around and everything and and one of them comes out of the there's a little bit of a brush there comes out with this uh this already dead baby bunny and it's it's a little bloated it's been dead for a while but i noticed one of its rear legs has been like the foot part of is is gone but it's like partially healed so it didn't just come off this rabbit lost the end of its foot and then stayed alive for a while like it lost it in a trap or something well i think it was probably a another dog or a coyote or something kind of chased it and got that one bite and then it healed up a little bit but then apparently couldn't keep going and then and then kicked off and so uh dogs played with a little bit i told them leave it alone and then of course had to go back and roll around where it had been laying to get that that that's dogs that's dogs our labrador once found a rotten fish carcass at the beach and yeah picked it up and took off with it and we chased him down the beach trying to get it back off him and in the end we got so close to him that he turned looked at us and then swallowed the whole thing whole like just straight down the guts that's (laughs) the best thing about labradors and it just smelled and it was revolting So, I mean, having the kids cry a little bit about Cadbury is, is uh, great in comparison to have them wanting to roll around on him. After, this is true. I mean, that, that would have been horrible. <laughs> this is true. I definitely prefer the kid reaction to the dog reaction. <laughs> well, any other final death thoughts before we wrap this weird episode No, I up? think just be honest with the kids about death, like let them let them explore it in their own way and you know sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable for us as the adult but I think we just need to kind of work through it you know a couple of weeks on now everyone's doing pretty good they're not you know yeah. still they'll still have their moments every now and then they're like we really miss our bunny like yeah I get it you know like we have those conversations but I think because we're honest about it you know I remember as a kid losing my cat my cat apparently ran away 
whether it actually did or not, I don't know. Mum and dad won't fess up. Um, but for years afterwards, I kept thinking, I wonder if the cat's going to come back. Like, I wonder if it'll come back every time I'd see a cat that looked like, I'm like, I wonder if that's my cat. Like, I think sometimes we're much better off. Maybe it did run away. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, that thought of finality, you know, like at least I knew, like I never didn't know what was going to happen, whereas for my kids, they knew this is it. That's it. We've said goodbye. That's it. It's done. I, I was the same way. I'd be I'd be out and about and I'd be like, oh, I wonder if that's my grandpa. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really <laughs> are you gonna get the kids another bunny no but, oh, i have to tell you something really funny though. um the the middle child has been wanting a dog for quite a while and she said yeah, probably two months ago oh if we didn't have a bunny would we be able to have a dog and we said, well, we do have a bunny, so no, because we can't have them both at the same time, and you know, maybe one day down the track. And then when the bunny died, my husband and I looked at each other. We're like, is this foul play? Like, <laughs> is there something behind it? Because <laughs> she really wants a dog. Well, if that's like, going to happen. You know, it would always be the. I mean, the middle child is the one you'd look at too. I mean, yeah. it's always the middle child. <laughs> A dog. Yeah, get a dog. Christmas no. is coming. Get a dog for Christmas. <laughs> no. Do not say that out loud. Nice, might eat you. <laughs> a nice a nice little Labrador puppy for Christmas. Oh, so tempting. oh you get you get if you didn't have earbuds in, I'd yell it right now because I know yeah. the kids are nearby. Yeah, lucky I've got them in. <laughs> this has been the Child Care Bar and Grill Podcast. Thanks for listening. Nicole, if people want to find more of you in their life, where do they go on the interwebs? They can find more at inspiredec.com or on like Facebook and the Instagram. And same deal, just inspiredec. There you go, people. Um, you can find me at explorationsearlylearning.com or Playvolution HQ, but you probably know that already. Thanks for listening. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.